Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Drummer Jim Newsom with Urban Tech Talk on the radio, the official radio broadcast of the Urban Tech Fair. Hi, Jim. How are you doing? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? I'm I'm hearing a little bit of an echo. You're hearing an echo. Okay. Um, Hold one moment. Hi, Jim. Is it better? Yes. Okay. It's because I have to... You know, I don't have my my computer died on me, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm using the smartphone for the back office, but I, I guess I could have just talked on it. I, you know, I don't know, but I, I like to use my landline for, for more clarity than the cell phone. Oh, I feel so sorry for you. I've been seeing those reports, how you're trying to regather your software. It's so hard when your system goes down and you're trying to operate without them. You get spoiled. I know you saved your data to a backup. They couldn't back it up. They could not back up my data. I had some, you know, like half, I always had an external hard drive, but I was starting to have computers running so slow, and I wasn't able to download the virus protection software because it was so 
old. I really needed to upgrade it. So I was leery about doing the, that recent update. I was leery about switching things over because I didn't want to carry any viruses with me. I understand. So I was in the process of clearing it off through as many things as I could since I didn't have, I couldn't get the regular antivirus. So I had about four different things I was using to clean off the system. And then I was going to start transporting things. But, you know, it's time-consuming. So I just had, it just went. So, you know, it's a possibility that they could have sent it out to a place um, off-site and they would take it apart and try to extract the data piece by piece. And it was only going to cost $1,500 if it was possible. Oh, only 1500 Yes, just 1500 So... <laughs> well, we're glad to have you here tonight, and I'm looking forward to the show. Uh, as you know, I don't know if our guest knows, but I, I experienced uh, discovering my daughter uh, through the internet. She searched for me okay. uh, via the internet and found me about. Uh, Oh, she just reminded me the other day. It's been almost seven years now. Oh, okay. That's great. So, see, you have some great family stories. So, I guess for International Men's Day and In Search of Fatherhood, huh? I guess you could share a lot with that. <laughs> well, we know we know it's an issue in our community with the lack of fathers and how a lot of them, for whatever reasons, uh, 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 that were had to leave, and uh, I would love to reconnect with their lost children. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, when my daughter uh, contacted me, a lot of my friends were saying that I should uh, uh, have a blood test. But I told them, at my age, if anybody uh, wants to love me, I'm going to love them back. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That is so true. That is true. Yeah, sometimes I think that fear of, you know, somebody suing and, you know, all of that acclaiming and all can, you know, can really block a lot. And sometimes people have to really decide what they want is, you know, is that point. You just have to, you know... I just think sometimes it does, it really even takes a spiritual life, you know. I mean, even though, I mean, one, one should be prudent, because there are a lot of women out here who don't know who is who or who don't want to reveal certain things, and, you know, they will lie, and it happens a lot. But I just think it's really, and, you know, spiritually, if you believe anything done in the dark will come out in a light and you do what you whatever you need to do for the day, then tomorrow will take care of itself. And everything is on time and purpose. So, you know, Internet was there in a way for her to, you know, find you, which is good. So, And it was funny because uh, she had been searching all her life. And back in the uh, 70s and 80s, before the Internet really became prevalent, 
she is running into uh, to, to brick walls. So the internet has become a, a great tool for people being able to uh, trace their genealogy and find lost relatives. We remember the, uh, well, I'm a little bit older than you, my dear, but we remember <laughs> the, uh, the Jim Crow days of the uh, 50s and 60s when uh, brothers were being snatched off the street. Uh, your father would, would go to town and disappear and put into a, a, a work farm that would be arrested for vacancy and put to work for free on somebody's farm. And mm-hmm. many families were separated by uh, those uh, uh, penal and chain gang laws that they had uh, back in that time. Mm. Well, it's, it is really important. Um, they have a new show on um, Who Do You Think You Are, which is mm. about, you know, tracing your, your family history and tree. And I really think... Um, I think that's an important element we may need to bring to the urban tech fair. I mean, technology has done a whole lot, and, you know, especially as African-Americans, you know, we know that we came over from Africa, but many of us do not do not know, as far as our African side, you know, what part of Africa. Africa is a continent. It's not, you know, it's not a city. It's not a... You know, it's not even a country, it's a continent. So to say I came from Africa, you know, just is so abstract. So, you know, really we need to look at, you know, working with Ancestry.com. There's several different ones. I know Time Joyner now, and they're having the big fam. they're doing an event, the big family reunion. I think that State Farm and them are sponsoring. I think it's in its third year. It's in Orlando. And um, I think it would be a good, you know, for us to add that as a track, you know, chase, you know, tracing your genealogy and how can, you know, you trace yourself back, you know, you know, um, especially, you know, your African heritage, you know, or. And it'd be amazing the stories that you find out about the heroes uh, in our past that were unspoken of and, and what our foreparents went through. Uh, before you know the great movement uh, and and the civil rights movement, the great migration yeah. and civil rights movement. And another big thing, I don't know why this isn't spoken about, but another big part of being African American is huge Native American ancestry. And that, that's so weird that it's not recognized first. And you know, Ivan Van Sertima's book that came before Columbus. You know, it was proven that Africans were already here before Columbus even came because plants and and vegetation indigenous only to Africa was here in the Americas. So Africans were over here as free people, and they, you know, interrelated with the Native Americans. And, I mean, growing up, I don't think it's hardly anyone I didn't know who didn't have some, at that time we called Indian in them. But it's from, you know, whether it was Cherokee, and I know they don't use the term Cherokee, but that's the American term. But um, they're like three main different tribes, especially uh, from those that came from the South. And so it depends on what point part of the South, how much you had. But uh, my husband, his parents 
were more Native American than they were anything. It's just the one-fifth drop rule, you know, made them black. But the, his his mother was half Native American, half um, African American, and his father was half Native American, half white. But they were children were considered, you know, black and. Um, you know, I, I'm just wondering, you know, in this research tool and all, can we also track our Native American heritage? Yes. In fact, uh, with DNA technology now, they can literally track you back, your family history back to the actual tribe in Africa that your family originated from. Okay. I think that would be, you know, definitely great, you know, you know, definitely a great partnership and sponsorship and, a, you know, a really good part. <laughs> you know what? A good part to add to the STEM family day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about STEM. <laughs> yeah. Um, and can you, uh, Jim, just share, you know, give us a recap of the week while I want to go check the line, okay, to see if, if we have any callers calling in. Well, you know, this has been a very good week in terms of the progress made with uh, the urban tech there. Uh, the California uh, Los Angeles Organizing Committee has been going forward by uh, leaps and bounds, and they're now submitting an application with the community partners here in California, now nonprofit foundation incubator, to set up and maintain uh, 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 their organization. A lot of people are unaware that just because uh, you don't have the 501c3 or the 501c3 process is so time-consuming that you can partner up with many groups such as uh, 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 community partners of California, community partners of Nevada. I bet you they have a chapter in, uh, uh, in Pennsylvania as well that uh, will be a physical agent in terms of the 50C3 tax status as well as work with you in terms of developing your board, your mission statement, and implementing your uh, uh, nonprofit program. So that's a, a great alternative for a new grassroots organizations to look at in terms of their startup process and moving from a, a concept or a group of people to an actual organization. And then Las Vegas has been doing great too. I'm looking to be in Las Vegas next week. Uh, we've been talking with the city of Las Vegas and the uh, MGM uh, uh, Resort, and both of them are, are, are speak very highly of the Urban Tech Fair and are interested in how they can support and move the project forward. And as we look at uh, 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 Vegas, one of the things that they're talking about doing beyond just the Wi-Fi cost with their uh, crowdfunding, they're talking about uh, putting together uh, uh, money pools of collaboratives to buy some of the property. Uh, we've all heard the stories about how in the uh, blighted uh, areas that were hit hardest uh, due to the housing bubble, such as Detroit and Las Vegas, where you can now get homes for $100, $200, Well. You know, we as a community can come together. We have enough money in our community to pool our money together, buy that structure, and then repurpose it for a community good. 
whether that community good be a uh, a, a a homeless uh, shelter or whether it be a, uh, a charter school or whether it be a, a business incubator. Uh, there's no reason that all these structures should be around our community, blighted as it is, when we as the uh, uh, black community are one of the most successful uh, 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 consumers uh, in the nation. We, you know, we have over a trillion dollars worth of wealth. So, you know, we're always talking about investing and doing the smart thing. Uh, we can come together and improve our own community instead of waiting for the uh, the government and the powers that be to do it for us. Definitely. And what I also think is important for us to look at improving our community rather than going out to find another community to be at. Well, well I just you know, want to... Yes. That's what crowdfunding allows you to do. Uh, as we say, in a city like L.A. where we have 7 million people, if uh, uh, just 10% decide to participate. That's not talking about the people that were born and raised in Los Angeles and live elsewhere in the country and in the world. But if 10%, 700,000, just decide to put $10 a month into a, a, ge- a geographic 10-mile uh, square area, a 5-mile square area, we could rebuild that into a Tomorrowland. Definitely. Well, um, just right before, because we do have Miss Diane Sears on the line, and right before we bring her on, I did want to share, since you mentioned crowdfunding, I got it in my email. Indiegogo right now has one of the biggest crowdfunding campaigns ever. It just closed out. They had raised $12 million. Now, the goal was to raise 32 but they raised $12 million, and it's Ubuntu Edge. So, Are of you course, what Ubuntu is? Yes, the operating system they're talking about is they're talking about the mobile, the desktop app, and a few other things. Um, uh, you know, I was reading it across the phone, so I didn't, you know, I couldn't fully read it, but it came up in my my email, and it says it was one of the largest campaigns. So. You know, for everyone, if you want to check it out, go to Indiegogo.com or just search Google for, you know, largest crowdfunding campaign, um, Ubuntu, and that's U-B-U-N-T-U, Edge. And so um, I want to bring Ms. Diane Sears on. This is a phenomenal woman, and she's talking about leveraging technology. She has leveraged technology to create this movement called In Search of Fatherhood, and now she's vice president of the International Men's Day, and she's such a giving spirit. Um, I met her because she came out to some of my networking events. I used to do a thing called Warm Spirit Wednesdays, and then she volunteered, and still to today she helps and does PR for the House of Umoja. But her business, and she does PR people, so if you need good PR, and she has the context globally, um, but um, her her movement, her, her business is In Search of Fatherhood, and I think it began as a blog. But I'm going to introduce Diane Sears, and she, we're going to get to know the woman, the entrepreneur, and the community activist. <laughs> 
Hi, Diane. Hello, how are you, Jackie? First of all, I want to apologize to you for being late. My humble apologies. I want to thank you for your graciousness in inviting me, and I want to thank you for the empowering work that you're doing. Uh, I uh, remember we—I uh, believe it was in 2005 when we first when we first met, and I remember yeah. the the warm spirit uh, um, uh, venture. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, now it's called Soul Purpose. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. You have, yes. You, have, you are phenomenal. Uh, you know, <laughs> I've watched you grow. Uh, you, you're just amazing. Yeah. You, you well, really we, are. Yeah. Well, our we host will try that is, as well. You are phenomenal, Jack. <laughs> and you, and you are phenomenal too, sir. <laughs> pleasure meeting you, Diane. It's a pleasure to meet you too. Well, Diane, please share with our community. Tell them a little bit about who is Diane Sears, where are you from, what are your interests? Okay, well, I'm a Philadelphia native. Um, I was born, raised, educated here. Uh, my my journey to fatherhood was an interesting one. I didn't wake up one morning and go, aha, I think I'll work on fatherhood and men issues. I was lucky enough to have a mentor, and uh, he his idea was that there was a need for an interactive fatherhood forum. Uh, he was someone who was about change, um, social justice, and uh, improving the lives of people worldwide, particularly people of African descent. He understood the fact that men were on a, embarking on a search, that they were uh, questioning their roles and responsibilities, and he felt that there was a need for a forum that they could utilize, uh, which would allow them to freely express their their dreams, their hopes uh, for their families, uh, to resolve issues uh, that prevented them from moving their families forward and being parents. And he believed that all of this was connected to turning our upside-down world right side up. Unfortunately, he died in uh, 1999, in March of 1999, before he could really get this project off the ground. That was a means of perpetuating his legacy and, more importantly, for thanking him for investing all of his time, his energy, and wisdom in me. I have spent the last 14 years resurrecting his vision and uh, perpetuating his legacy. Uh, in Search of Fatherhood uh, started off as a, a journal. Um, I launched it six months after he died on October 15, uh, 1999. Um, I was able to get it off the ground thanks to incarcerated fathers. They were the first group um, who gravitated toward that idea. Um, They flooded my mailbox with letters, uh, essays, and poems, and that's how I was able to get it off the ground. Uh, It is a a global platform for uh, for men and for fathers. Uh, A lot of Positive things have happened uh, for fathers. 
fatherhood is not just about raising children now. It's become a movement. Fathers are not asking for what they need and want. They are going to the ballot boxes uh, to try and get what they need and want. They're reshaping public policy. As an example, uh, one of the major issues is shared parenting for non-custodial fathers uh, and divorced fathers. Uh, In 2007, uh, uh, Denmark made uh, shared parenting the law of the land. Now, what that does is it it, uh, takes away the need for uh, divorced parents to go in the court and battle it out over who's going to get custody of the kids. Automatically, Parents who are who are separated or divorced, fifty uh, percent of dad gets the child fifty percent of the time. Mom gets the child fifty percent of the time. It's divided up equally, so there's no fighting about um, who's going to take care of the child. Uh, the child uh, knows uh, that both parents are going to give them equal attention, equal love, and equal nourishing. So that's taking the acrimony out of out of divorce. Uh, it's uh, taking the toxicity uh, in the the spiritual and the emotional and psychological development of the child because there's no fighting over the child. There's no using the child as a pawn. Um, what I would like to, I would like to see that same sort of legislation enacted here. Now, what is going on in lieu of a Federal Equal Custody Act um, mandated by Congress, you have states which are setting up uh, initiatives on the ballot box. Uh, And um, it hasn't been that successful. Um, The most successful has been Pennsylvania. Uh, In 2011, uh, Sheriff Perry. Uh, was enacted into law in January 2011. Um, um, It's not the most... um, It's not what we want, but it's better than nothing at all. As an example, um, judges who make decisions uh, in child custody and child visitation cases now have to divulge their decisions before those decisions were made uh, behind closed doors, and the judge didn't have to make it public. Now they have to make it public. Uh, uh, the parent who has control and custody of the child cannot arbitrarily take the child out of the state. Um, that has to be um, uh, discussed uh, with the other parent. That's just an example. I noticed that uh, those are very important. As someone that has experienced a divorce with a uh, a minor child uh, in Arizona, I know, and it's surprising we were talking about Arizona. Arizona has a very enlightened uh, uh, family divorce court in terms of requiring uh, both parents to go to uh, counseling uh, prior (laughs) to the divorce and putting the emphasis on the... uh, on the child in terms of uh, uh, custody, what, what's best and who can best take care and, and provide for the child. Exactly. The, the problem in, in this country, well, the, the judges have said 
they claimed that they didn't have a legal president uh, to to award the child to the father. Uh, most times, the custody goes automatically to the mother unless it can be proven that the mother is just totally unfit. Um, uh, fathers have a heavier burden of proof when they go to court uh, and say, oh, Your Honor, I'm very capable of uh, of uh, nurturing uh, this child as a single parent. You know, I'm, I have a good standing in the community. I'm responsible. I've already I've made child care arrangements, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And in a lot of cases, the judge says, "Well, you know, that's very nice, Mr. Jones, but um, I'm giving custody to your to your wife, Mrs. Jones." And they said, "Well, we don't have." You know, there's nothing in the law that we can look to that says we can give Mr. Jones uh, custody of the child, which to me is a is a is a lame excuse uh, because there's such a thing in law as precedent. When there isn't any case law uh, uh, supporting a decision, um, they uh, they make a new ruling, which is known as precedent. The Supreme Court has done it all the time. And, you know, that's a very important battle because we hear so much about the uh, uh, absentee fathers and, and, and about black men and what they won't do and, and how they're not standing up to their responsibility when the truth is, you know, they're a uh, strong black man battling in the courts, spending their last dime uh, uh, to take care and to uh, uh, acquire custody of their children. Exactly. The problem is they're not being allowed to do it. Everything, all sort of obstacles are being put in their way uh, uh, to prevent them, uh, to discourage them uh, from stepping up. Uh, but... Uh. All men want to be parents to their to their child. They want to have a presence in their child's life. There's a hole in a man's soul when he can't be with his child. Now, I, I agree completely. Tell us more about your blog. How much uh, traffic do you get? You was mentioned earlier about what you got from the uh, uh, incarcerated uh, community. I'm sure that you have some very interesting heart-rendering stories on your blog. Well, yeah. Some of the... Well, actually, they write me letters um, about about their situation, um, uh, about how, you know, uh, for for instance, one of the main complaints has been uh, where the wife or the girlfriend won't uh, allow the child uh, won't take the child to uh, uh, to the prison, uh, as, and then they'll ask me for resources. Um, you know, who can who can they write to? Uh, who can they talk to? And I will re- I will refer them uh, uh, to um, uh, to organizations uh, that uh, can help them in the system. Um, uh, incarcerated fathers really, really care about their children. Um, the, the children is what get them through through prison. Uh, it get them through that time. Uh, 
a lot of them try to be as proactive as they can. Uh, they refer to it as, as uh, parenting with one hand tied behind your back. Um, they're very interested in what their children are doing. Um, the ones that are allowed contact with the children, um, the children come into the uh, prison to see them. Uh, the children call them on the phone. The children write them letters. Uh, at the same token, you have uh, people who are going into the prison uh, conducting parenting education courses. As a matter of fact, there is a president of uh, a university, uh, Dr. Douglas Capagrosti, who is the president of Akamai University in uh, Hawaii. He created a uh, parenting education curriculum for incarcerated fathers. He not only created the curriculum, but he actually goes into the prison and teaches the course. We need more like that. We need to hear more of those type of stories. Uh, that's why we created the Urban Tech Fair, because there are so many positive things and, and, and proactive people out there doing good work in our community that we never heard of, that uh, services were totally underutilized and unrecognized in our community. And if we come together and we use this uh, information superhighway, to learn more about organizations such as uh, uh, the fatherhood movement and, and people like yourself that are working actively in our community, uh, knowledge is power. We can then begin to share and uplift everyone. I would really like to see that because uh, that has been a, a major issue for me, uh, trying to figure out how to get information where it's most needed. There's a lot of information out there, and as you pointed out, a lot of people that are doing some great things, but they're in different pockets of the country, and one group doesn't know what the other group's doing, so as a result, we're reinventing the wheel. And we really don't have time to reinvent the wheel. So true, so true. So tell us, uh, Jackie usually opens up the show by asking a little bit of the uh, personal background uh, behind our, our guests, such as, you know, how you got involved in technology, uh, uh, where you came from in Philadelphia. Have you always been a Philadelphia native? And uh, how, yes. Yeah, I was, I was uh, born and raised here, um, and I've, uh, for a period of time, you know, I left, uh, I've lived outside of Philadelphia for a long period of time, for about 20, 25 years. I returned to Philadelphia to live back in, oh, it was about 2002. Um, I was uh, introduced to technology by my mentor. He introduced me to computers. As a matter of fact, he brought me my first computer, which was an Apple. It was a Mac. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, he, uh, you know, kept me involved in and in up to date in, uh, in in technology, and just forced me. Uh, oh, I shouldn't say forced me, but encouraged me to to learn it, um, so that I could be competitive in the in the uh, uh, the marketplace uh, as far as employment and career opportunities are concerned. 
And it's how I was able to um, to launch uh, In Search of Fatherhood. I don't think I, it would have been extremely difficult for me to launch it without it. Uh, I rely on it for marketing. I, I rely, on it to, rely on it to do research. When I'm looking for people to interview, um, I go to the I go I Google people. Um, if uh, I want to look, if I want to see how things are going in terms of uh, uh, legal initiatives uh, on shared parenting, I Google it. Uh, when I want to uh, get in contact with other organizations or other people for doing the same thing that I am, I use information technology. Uh, I totally rely on it uh, now that I'm involved with International Men's Day. Um, we have people from 70 nations who are now involved in International Men's Day. Uh, so we use, uh, we rely on information technology a lot. That's how we communicate with each other. I let each yes. other know what we're doing, uh, what yes. we're planning. Now that, uh, now that you've raised it, uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, International Men's Day. We can understand the issues that, as you've so uh, illustrated here in the U.S. relative to especially uh, black fatherhood and fathers trying to uh, 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 regain or maintain uh, uh, custody of their children. But you would think in uh, in other countries such as uh, 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 Africa and India, which are more uh, uh, culturally uh, 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 hierarchical, I can't even say the word, but uh, are more cultural, uh, there would be less of an issue than there is in the U.S. I'm glad you asked that question because it, this has been a learning experience for me because I just thought this was an American issue or a Western issue, but I discovered that it was not. Uh, fathers and men in, Af in Africa, as an example, they have, uh, uh, they have custody issues. They have domestic violence issues. Uh, I, I was just amazed. Uh, a country like India, uh, you wouldn't think that they would have uh, the men would have problems uh, with custody issues, but they do. Uh, uh, it's amazing. I I was surprised. Uh, the in Africa and countries like Botswana, Zimbabwe, uh, they are there are issues uh, with men and uh, and custody. Uh, as a matter of fact, while we're while we are on the, on the subject of International Men's Day. Africa has really come online for International Men's Day in the last um, the last the last three years. Uh, is observed in Botswana, Uganda, Zimbabwe, Tanzania, uh, Ghana, and South Africa. And uh, the United States and Botswana are engaged in the joint initiatives as a result of International Men's Day. We're working on mentoring and literacy initiatives, and what we've discovered is the, the same problems that we, we're experiencing in terms of mentoring, in terms of uh, literacy, uh, and the crisis of boys are the same issues uh, that uh, are being experienced in Botswana. Um, 
So I've been working with the Botswana coordinator, and we've been saying, hey, we've got the same issues here. Let's work together on on mentoring and literacy. Uh, and that's what we're doing. Uh, we're, they're planning to come to the United States at some point uh, once they can resolve the visa issues, hopefully before the end of the year. Well, you know, uh, Ryan, this is uh, being recorded, and we have the archives on uh, iTunes. So let's take a station break here. Why don't you tell us uh, the URL and the contact information about how we can get involved with the uh, uh, Search of Fatherhood, our International Men's Day movement? Certainly. Well, you can uh, get involved with uh, uh, In Search of Fatherhood. You can go to our blog, which is http colon backslash backslash global fatherhood dialogue dot blogspot dot com or you can send an email to in search of fatherhood at gmail dot com. And the International Men's Day? Uh the uh, website for International Men's Day is www dot international hyphen men's M E N S hyphen day dot com. Great. You know, we, we truly uh, uh, appreciate you taking the time uh, uh, to come on the show. Uh, our motto is discover Silicon Valley in your own backyard. And as Jackie often says, we don't know whether there's a brain scientist or, or a world-renowned artist living down the street from us. And so we believe that our communities have so many powerful, educated, uh, uh, productive people and we like to showcase it and, and just highlight the best in our community and lift up examples of people like yourself for others to follow. Uh, for those that are interested in learning more about the Urban Tech Fair, they can go to www.urbantechfair.org. That's urbantechfair.org. We're also on all your social platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, Pinterest, even Black Planet. Uh, Jackie, are, are are you still there? Do we have any uh, any uh, listeners that want to ask a question of Diane? Um, I'm still here. Um, we don't have any um, additional callers. At least I don't have the studio up right now. If there are any um, additional, if anyone has called in in the past five minutes. Um, we just apologize for technical difficulties, and we're getting a lot of um, feedback with the studio open. So I just um, closed it down because there weren't any callers at the time. But if there are any callers, if you still have additional questions or if you want to pose questions and want them answered, just continue to listen, write your questions down, and you can call us at one eight seven seven. Five five two seven zero one two, or email info at urbantechfair.org and we'll make sure that Diane gets your um, questions or if your question is for Jim or anything in general about the Urban Tech Fair, we will make sure that it is answered or directed to the appropriate person. Now, one thing I did want to ask you, Jim, well, a couple of things I, you know, was listening um, 
the first thing is it would probably be pretty great to add um, In Search of Fatherhood as one of our strategic partners and resources, you think? Oh, yes, uh, Diane, we are an international movement. Uh, we've gotten responses from all over the world, uh, not only Africa, but the uh, Caribbean, uh, Europe. On our Facebook group, we have people from uh, 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 Russia, uh, from uh, uh, Asia. And, you know, uh, innovation is an international movement. Uh, it's all about the future and what the world is coming to. And as we were discussing earlier before you came on, uh, some people in terms of, uh, of searching a fatherhood beyond just the issues, if, you're, uh, if you want to know your father's father and your, and, and your, your pedigree where your genealogy is, uh, <laughs> the Internet uh, provides a, a great source uh, in terms of tracking down your lost family members, and, uh, You're right about that. That's well, how I started doing my family research. <laughs> I did this through so the this internet. Be a great session, you know, for us to have as far as urban tech fair for those people, especially uh, uh, seniors that you know are, are interested in what happened to Uncle Jack and and, and cousin Sally, and to be able to learn how to better use technology, not only to uh, deal with current issues, be they uh, legal or congressional but also in terms of just being able to be more informed. Uh, I was telling Jackie at the beginning of the show, my oldest daughter found me through the Internet. Uh, she searched for me for uh, 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 30 years. I didn't know that she even was alive. I had no mm -hmm. knowledge. And then I got a call one night and say, are, are you uh, uh, Jim Newsom that was in the Navy? I said, yes. Are, are you Jim Newsom? Uh, have a station in Mississippi? I said, yes. After about 20 questions I asked her, I said, uh, how can I be a service? She said, well, I don't want anything, but I want you to know I'm your daughter. Wow. Mm -hmm. He's all the way through the uh, presence on the Internet, just Googling and searching and looking for James Newsom's and Jim Newsom's, wherever she could find them. Yeah, that's how I was able to find an entire family line that I did not know existed. Wow. <laughs> through the Internet. Yeah. It was through the Internet and remembering the, the, oh, the family folklore. Tell us more, Diane. That sounds like an interesting story. How did you use the Internet to find a whole new branch of your family? Well, when I, I, re I the last, by the last name. So what I did, I just... Um, punched in the last name, typed in the last name in the geographical area where they were. Uh, and I found out, oh, I found out a lot. Um, uh, so what I, what I did, well, I broke all the rules. That's not how you do, that's not how you're supposed to perform genealogical research. Uh, so I just typed in um, the last name and typed in um, the, the city and the state, and I said, "Well, with the first name that comes up, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the phone number and I'm gonna call them." And so that's what I did. <laughs> it, it, it's amazing. My daughter says she must have called at least a thousand numbers. Hmm. Can you imagine for uh, 20 years calling strangers saying, "Are you Jim Newsom?" <laughs> oh, yeah, 
Well, what I did, I called this, I called this, this number, and the 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 person that I got <clears throat> was the wife who had married into the family uh, that had kidnapped and owned my ancestors. Wow. And who, uh, and and so you know, I called. And she said hello, and I said hi. How are you? And uh, I and I told her who I was, and I and I um, I, was, I'm, I told her I was um, the great uh, the great great granddaughter of so and so and so and so. And so then she says okay. Uh, so she says well, uh, where were where did they live? And I told him. And so she says oh, so you're black? And I said. Yes, and so it got quiet on the end of the phone, and so then she says, "Oh, uh, so then she started telling me about members of, members of my family, um, and then she said to me, well, your uh, your great great uncle so and so is a relative of ours, and we're proud of it, and you can find him in Hampton." You can find him in uh, Hampton. He's buried there, and he belonged to the whole. She gave me everything. She told me the plantation where they lived. Um, it was amazing. Wow. <laughs> Which led yeah. me to my great-great-uncle. Uh, we as the descendants of slaves have a, 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 a wonderful and colorful uh past that's been hidden from us, whether we're talking about the old folklore of everybody being uh, having some bit of Indian in them and they're Native mm-hmm. American, or uh, whether we're just talking about the uh, uh, the segregation and Jim Crow laws where they were snatching uh, black men off the street to put them on the chain gang and to work for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of our people just disappeared on us. And we never heard from Uncle Jack or, or, or Aunt Sally ever again. Yeah, it's it's uh, fascinating. It's uh, you know, and that just on and on and on, and then that just that just led to a uh, that led me to the to the family line that was lost, uh, and uh, we've been reunited. It's just been um, you know, I've. Now I have cousins and, and and relatives I never knew I had that grew up around me. Wow. <laughs> that, I, that I didn't know anything about. It was just, uh, you know. But I did get a hint that they existed because for a while I was in. Um, I lived for a while on the eastern shore of Eastern Maryland, and that's where some of them. Uh, that line is. And there were a couple of people who saw me uh, who said, you know, you look like, you know, you're related to so-and-so and so-and-so. And I said, well, that's impossible, you know, um, you know, because my family line is not here. It's in Virginia. But that was because I hadn't done the research yet. But it just, it just opened up um, a whole um, uh, world for me. And then on the other side of the family line, I traced it all the way back to the Boston Tea Party, where a uh, someone who participated in the Boston Tea Party was also a slave trader, and he had a and he had a schooner, 
uh, and he would travel from Boston uh, all the way to Asia, and then from Asia all around Africa, and would go in Africa and get my ancestors, and and bring them and bring them here and sell them. Well, you know, it's uh, 7:50 now. We've got about uh, 10, 15 more minutes in the show. And I don't want the show to end without uh, you telling us about the good work that you're volunteering with uh, the House of Yemoja and uh, what you guys are doing in Philadelphia. Well, the House of Yemoja continues to do uh, great work in bringing uh, peace, uh, nonviolence, and uh, economic self-sufficiency to the city of Philadelphia. Uh, right now, uh, we're gearing up for the National Million Father March. The House of Umoja has been leading and organizing that march since September uh, 2007. Uh, it's the brainchild of Philip Jackson of the Black Star Project in uh, Chicago. Uh, the Million Father March is about getting fathers to escort their children to school on the first day of school. Uh, it's also about uh, having them become proactive in their child's academic life. Uh, fathers are being asked to uh, meet their children's teachers, their principal, uh, to get a copy of the child's roster, uh, to get a copy of the child's... Uh, uh, each school has an academic calendar, and we're asking fathers to get a copy of that as well, uh, and to just get involved, if they can volunteer, um, whatever they can do to help, uh, you know, we want them involved. Because what we find is that when dad gets involved in in school, uh, the children really start to take things seriously. Yeah. You know, our thing here on uh, at the Urban Tech Fair is about uh, mobile connectivity and mobile technology, vis a vis what we like to call the products of the mind, those things that you can conceive in your imagination and then manifest through technology and market and sell all around the world with the click of a mouse. Uh, mm. That being said, uh, I was reading a study online where they were saying that by fathers playing games with their kids, it helps them incre- increase their uh, their math skills, helps them increase their uh, 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 logical thinking. And it's just, you know, when, when fathers get involved, parents are, are with their kids, it just gives the kids such a heads up over uh, uh, those that are, are, are uh, for lack of a better expression, abandoned in these two-parent uh, working households where they never see their parents. Well, a lot of that has to do with men's parenting style. Uh, men have a different parenting style for women. Men are um, men are born teachers. Uh, for men, everything there's a lesson in everything. Even when they're playing with the child, they're giving the child, they're showing the child, and giving the child a lesson. Men push their children. Um, you know, they push them to excel. You know, they're always saying, you know, you know, run faster, fly higher. And they're always pushing them, you can do it, you can do it. And they're always raising the bar. Not to say that women don't do that too, uh, but uh, there's something very unique about about men uh, uh, when they get involved uh, with children. 
because men are, in a way, men are viewed as the liaison uh, between the home environment and the outside world. And so they bring a different perspective. Um, you know, they bring more more discipline uh, and more structure. Well, you know, as a product of a, a single working mother, I have to give uh, our mothers credit for uh, what they do. But uh, given the chance, I, I truly believe that uh, if our society was, was truly uh, equal and balanced, that men would be just as dynamic and, and as powerful parents as women are. Yeah, they are. It's just, you know, um, we have to change the way we think. We have to change the imaging that's put on the news um, and media and art. You know, growing up, I had, when I had to um, raise my grandson, my husband passed. It was just me, and then I was with my mom, more females. And even though I sold art, finding male black images just to hang on your wall wasn't the easiest thing. Even though I knew more male artists, male artists had a more tendency to draw women. So going out there finding just male images and artwork and media in you know, so it's important for us to perpetrate the image of togetherness, you know, family. And if it's not like Housey Moja, Queen Mother always talks about that kinship community. Mm-hmm. And that's really important in the Million Father March is that, okay, you may not be a father, but you can still come out and walk somebody to school. Or maybe your cousin doesn't have the father around or meet, you know. We, um, as Queen Mother says, every woman is a mother and every man is a father. And if we take ownership of one another and go back to the village. Exactly. Yeah, we used to be a village. Definitely. Well, I, I, well we I, have I, three I, minutes I left. by the village. <laughs> yes. I can't let us close without... Uh, and letting uh, Diane speak more on the importance of uh, mentoring and uh, being a uh, an external uh, uh, family to uh, some some child that's possible. Um, well, Diane, real quick, okay, because we can we got three minutes to close out. Okay. If you could just first, I want you to hit um, with the Million Father March because that comes up next. First, let us know, Million Father March, for those who haven't already gone back to school, how can they get involved no matter what city they're in and for Philadelphia where they need to call. Secondly, let us know when is International Men's Day and um, how people can get involved. And then before you close out, give us your URL one more time for In Search of Fatherhood. Okay. Uh, The National Million Fathers March uh, the the contact person is Philip Jackson in Chicago, and the website is www.blackstarproject.org. Uh, the Million Father March in Philadelphia will take place on September 9, 2013. The House of Umoja 
is the leader and organizer for the National Million Founder March in the city of Philadelphia. You can reach the House of Emoja at 215-473-5893, or you can send an email to falakafata at aol.com. International Men's Day is going to be celebrated on November 19, 2013, in 70 nations around the world, including the United States and in the city of Philadelphia. Uh, for information about In Search of Fatherhood, uh, you can send an email to InSearchOfFatherhood at gmail.com or you can call me at 265-581-3963. Okay. Now we ask all of our guests, Diane, you have 30 seconds in the whole world listening. What would you like to share? What I would like to share with the world is we have a lot of uh, challenges and a lot of issues that we are being swamped with. But these challenges and issues are the universe's way of tweaking us. We are being asked to rethink, rebuild, and renew. All right. Rethink, rebuild, and renew. I like that. Jim, you want to have any closing wisdom? <laughs> the Urban Tech Fair is about you, showcasing your community, collaborating, team building, and developing a, a, a better place for all of us to live in. Uh, we, we thank Diane for her uh, uh, support for the good work that she's doing in the community, and we look forward to having her and the uh, her movement and program as part of our Urban Tech Fair in Philadelphia. Well, I thank you both for inviting me. I thank you both for the invitation, which I accept. But more importantly, I thank the both of you for bringing information technology uh, to our community. Okay. Well, we thank everyone out there in Radio Land, and we thank you for tuning in to the Digital Drummer, Jim Newsom with Urban Tech Talk on the radio. Please visit urbantechfair.org, and this is the official radio broadcast of the National Urban Tech Fair. When you get to the website, click on Join and become part of the solution. Have a great week. And speak with everyone soon. Peace and love. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.